let's get this party started. <laughs> um, basically, uh, today we're gonna do, I'll do like a small presentation as well about uh, the importance of like minerals and uh, what's the role of them in our you know health and, and uh, physiology and uh, in the end we'll do like a Q&A as well and yes the main topic is going to be about minerals because of we uh, released the mineral fix with uh, Dr. James and yeah as you can see it's pretty awesome it's a pretty big book and uh, there's over like uh, 700 pages of you know full full pages but you know the actual content is maybe like over 500 pages and like 4500 references and yeah it's pretty both of James and I are really proud of it and yeah it's one of the in my, in my opinion it's one of the like best books about <laughs> minerals in general because uh, there's no like real uh, no real let's say other book that actually goes into such detail about uh, how these things work uh, but yeah let me know how's the audio is it good and then we can just uh, start rolling with my a few slides that I kind of shared uh, that I had prepared. Pe greetings from France, sunny Southern California. Well, that's good. We're looks like the the most of the snow here is also s melted away, and it's like pretty sun sunny here. Actually, went cycling today, which is a uh, which I haven't done in like the past few months because of the winter, <laughs> but it was good. Uh, North Dallas, Texas, San Francisco, Slovenia, Liverpool, Pennsylvania. Is the book exist in French? Uh, no, no, it's only in English. Uh, but you know, we we are like working on some foreign rights as well. Uh, like we it does, but I don't know if it's going to be translated into other languages. They're going to be like sold in the other countries. But good audio, that's good. How old is Seam? I'm uh, 26 at the moment. Florida, Germany. How old? 26. Yeah. Chicago. Yeah, nice. Well, it looks like it's. Uh, working fine and yeah I'll do my presentation which wouldn't take maybe any longer than like 15 or 20 minutes and after that we'll do like some Q&A but yeah if you want to get the mineral fix then uh, yeah it's gonna be on Amazon so yeah check it out the Kindle version ebook is gonna be also available like in a few weeks but if you want to join the, like the free giveaway of the book that I had then check out my Insta Instagram page as well I have like a, a one one of the latest posts actually um, has a free giveaway for the book if you want to join and ha have an opportunity to win that. All right. Um, so I'm gonna switch over to the presentation and uh, yeah, if you can. Uh, right. Boom. So. I have to change it actually. It's the nutrients into that uh, plant. So like a lot of the vegetables that you order the minerals, the vitamins, minerals you get from any kind of a, a plant or a vegetable, you get it from kind of the soil. And uh, yeah, if the soil is depleted from those nutrients, then the nutrient quality of those mineral of, the, of those uh, vegetables is also much uh, smaller. And the same applies to like animals as well. Like there's a lot of, um, let's say, if, if the let's say cow or even like fish. Is growing in a like a low, low mineral environment. They're not eating nutrient-dense grass, and uh, they're living in a very nutrient-depleted sea, or like they're in a farmed, let's say, pond or farmed lake, the farmed farm fish. Then the those nutrients in that uh, fish and animal is also much smaller. Uh, so that's why you know the minerals are kind of um, almost one of the keys to our just overall health and like uh, nutrients. And uh, yeah, the minerals themselves, or there's a variety of those minerals, they govern also like these kind of key essential processes in the body, like um, 
insulin sensitivity, sleep, immunity, digestion, and uh, information, cognition, energy, bone formation, immunity as well. And basically every function has, every function in the body has uh, like, uh, you know, a requirement for minerals. And uh, there are uh, like different kinds of essential minerals uh, in total, there's estimated to be like 17 essential minerals and five possibly essential minerals or trace minerals. And uh, those are divided into seven macro minerals, which you probably have heard of, like calcium, chloride, magnesium, phosphorus, uh, potassium, sodium, and sulfur. Those are the macro minerals. Um, for example, you know, magnesium is one of the kind of one of the most uh, abundant and most important minerals in the body uh, that is good for just regulating inflammation, stress, and uh, blood sugar regulation. Uh, sodium itself is also like for electrolyte balance and stomach acids. Sulfur is a, one of the minerals that is actually uh, kind of essential for uh, like glutathione, antioxidant defenses, and yeah, kind of governs the body's own, let's say, I don't know, like resilience, if that makes sense. Um, trace minerals are 10 of them, chromium, cobalt, copper, fluoride, iodine, iron, manganese, molybdenum, selenium, and zinc. So th those are the trace minerals. Um, you know, one of the one of the more important ones, in my opinion, from this list would be like maybe I don't know iodine because of iodine is for um, the thyroid, uh, producing thyroid hormones uh, and regulating your like your metabolic rate. Uh, but at the same time, like iodine itself needs other uh, minerals as well to work better. So like for in order to like transport iodine into the thyroid, you also need sodium and uh, selenium. So uh, yeah, like if you're, let's say, deficient in either of those three, then your like thyroid function isn't going to be optimal, uh, even though you might be getting like sufficient amounts of iodine from your diet. And lastly, uh, five possibly essential trace minerals, uh, boron, lithium, nickel, silicon, and vanadium. Uh, so those are maybe like more fringe or l less known uh, min minerals, but they're at least like boron um, is, is still a very important uh, mineral. And we talk about in a book that, you know, boron has quite a wide, wide variety of uh, essential functions. Like um, it's important for like vitamin D, uh, like synthesis, uh, as well as uh, like preventing like osteoarthritis, arthritis in general, like reducing inflammation. Uh, so it's uh, like important for bo uh, bone health as well. And even like sex hormones, testosterone and uh, things. Uh, but it's, it's it's not considered like absolutely essential, but there is still like it should be maybe like uh, maybe there's going to be like an update in the near future that boron is going to be put into like more of the essential mineral list. Uh, and the other ones like lithium and nickel, those are, you know, not inherently like um, not inherently something that pe most people are deficient of or not getting enough of, but they're still quite uh, important. Like, for example, lithium, uh, you know, there's definitely a, you know, a dangerous dose of lithium that is going to be harmful for you. But uh, low lithium diets can cause like some uh, bipolar disorder or like uh, neurological disorders. And like supplemental lithium doses have been used to like treat schizophrenia and other like uh, cognitive impairments. And even like even like some research finds that like um, regions where there's like low lithium in the water um is uh those regions have like a higher homicide rate and higher suicide rate as well so it's that's kind of interesting and that's that we found out from the book uh writing process uh next up also like a more more uh, specific overview about uh, the main roles of these minerals in the body 
like like uh, zinc you know all, all these minerals have multiple functions like magnesium is important for like almost everything like immunity stress digestion uh, blood sugar management blood pressure lipid lipids oxidative stress bones and antioxidant defense and those things but kind of you know they, they govern multiple processes but uh, this is a picture of just uh, the main ones like the main ones they're known for like zinc is for immunity uh, iodine thyroid sulfur is for like detox um, magnesium stress chloride digestion chromium for blood sugar potassium uh, blood pressure copper regulation regulates like lipids bl uh, blood sugar as well as like iron uh, boron for the brain phosphorus for the bones manganese is for the antioxidant defense system uh, like one uh, one key principle uh, let's say shield antioxidant shield your body has is uh, manganese superoxide dismutase and manganese is, is uh, like a you know key part of that there are different types of these uh, these uh, superoxide dismutases like manganese is one then there's um, zinc and copper superoxide dismutase um, moving on with iron is for tissue oxygenation calcium for the bones sodium as i said as i said electrolyte balance and selenium also protects against uh, uh, oxidative stress as well as for just immunity it's uh, for glutathione for example uh, well magnesium like i said is like a very key <laughs> mineral in the human body and for a reason like everything you do kind of requires energy or atp uh, adenosine triphosphate and uh, without ATP, you can't really do much like you, you're deficient in energy and you can't, you know, govern the processes that your body needs um, to function properly. And uh, magnesium is uh, a mineral that activates ATP in essence. So by binding to um, ATP, uh, by binding to ATP, the uh, magnesium releases phosphate and liberates its energy. So, um, yeah, that's uh, without magne magnesium is a in the in the uh, in the mitochondrial complexes there's like uh, five different complexes magnesium is part of uh, multiple of them but especially in the last complex five uh, magnesium is you know essentially activates the atp in the atp synthase and uh, that's where you know that is kind of the last step of the atp process uh, atp generation process and uh, yeah without magnesium you would be basically not able to do it uh, well, magnesium deficiency is also very implicated in uh, various disease, diseases. Uh, for example, it's going to cause like oxidative stress and inflammation, endothelial dysfunction, metabolic syndrome, and also leads to the accumulation of like calcium and sodium, which will then cause like arrhythmias, atherosclerosis, lesions, stroke eventually, and uh, again thrombosis, high blood pressure, myocardial injury. All those things will eventually just lead to cardiovascular disease and, uh, you know, possibly death. And oh, by the way, like all these, all these um, pictures and graphs that I'm showing, they're from the book. Uh, so you can you can check out, like the book t goes into very specific detail about all these uh, pathways and processes. But there's also like simplistic uh, graphs and pictures to kind of make it easier. Because, uh, yeah, it's a very scientific book and... Uh, it might be like at, at, at some points I would imagine some people will find it difficult to understand but there's also like you know conclusions and overviews on a brief on, on a regular basis that kind of bring it together uh, well next up um, minerals are also needed for like neurotransmitters uh, for, and uh, producing those uh, different hormones for example in this picture you can see melatonin the sleep hormone um, 
melatonin is you know pr produced through the tryptophan and serotonin like uh, pathway so tryptophan you get from diet mostly from like protein sources and tryptophan gets converted into 5-HTP and uh, this conversion requires uh, calcium, magnesium and iron which are the minerals as cofactors in addition to like folate, vitamin B3 and vitamin C uh, which we not you know not the main topic but uh, we do talk about it in the book as well and next up 5-HTP gets converted into serotonin which requires zinc and magnesium and lastly serotonin then gets converted into melatonin which also requires zinc magnesium and iron as cofactors so like you know sleep is uh, paramount to just health and you know productivity and performance and feeling good <laughs> like with bad sleep you're just gonna feel awful and uh, as you can see minerals are kind of key for for making these uh, processes happen and melatonin itself isn't just for like sleep and recovery it's also for as an antioxidant and um, a few podcasts back, uh, Dr. James talked about uh, basically like melatonin as, a, as an antioxidant used for like COVID and, and, uh, and things like that. Uh, well, the problem is also that, you know, a lot of people are actually deficient in these minerals. And the research estimates that uh, one out of three people is deficient in at least like 10 minerals uh, or up to 10 minerals. And those 10 minerals, the most common ones would be like iron, selenium, molybdenum, zinc, potassium, magnesium, copper, manganese, chromium, calcium, uh, as well as like boron and, uh, and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, not not the most, let's say, uh, optimal situation because like uh, uh, like being in because like these mineral deficiencies, they're not going to have like immediate effect on your health. Look, look, you can probably live decades by being chronically depleted in like magnesium or selenium. But let's say your like, quality of life is going to suffer and like you're you're not like this, like optimal, optimally healthy as you could be if you had like these things uh, kind of um, fixed or prevented being deficient in. And there's like a huge difference also between um, just meeting the bare requirements for any mineral versus meeting the optimal requirements. So for example, you can meet the bare minimal requirements for magnesium by getting only like 180 milligrams a day or something around that number. Uh, but, you know, that's, I would argue that that's definitely not good and that's not optimal. And research does find that, you know, low magnesium status is associated with diabetes and cardiovascular disease and the other ailments. So optimally, you would need, you know, at least the RDA for magnesium is like 420 to 450. But optimally, like you would maybe need even more than that, uh, like 500 or 600 milligrams a day, because, you know, stress depletes magnesium, uh, insulin resistance depletes magnesium or like high blood sugar does it. So, uh, yeah, like what's the optimal amount that you need of a particular mineral is very subjective and kind of varies greatly between individuals. Um, and the RDAs themselves aren't, they're kind of they like revert they, they uh refer to like um, a very average let's say person uh well the minerals are also being depleted from the soil you know this graph describes like the differences between the mineral content in wheat uh, between the years 1840 and 2000 so uh, 160 year difference and as you can see, the difference is uh, on average, like minus 33% up to minus 38%. So for copper, it's less than 33%, uh, zinc less than 38%, and magnesium less than 33% as well. Uh, so our food is uh, less nutritious as it was in the past because of uh, primarily like monocropping, 
poor agriculture practices, uh, fertilizers, pesticides, and uh, those sort of things uh, that just uh, deplete the soil from those nutrients. And uh, as a result of that, we have the food itself is also less nutritious as it grows on. Um, and, you know, that can be a problem because you need to eat more food because of uh, that. You would need to eat like, you know, 30% more food to obtain the required amount of those minerals. And, you know, overeating itself isn't good in any form, if, even if you are eating healthy food. And, uh, yeah, that kind of defeats the purpose of eating a whole foods diet if you're forced to, like, continue eating in order to reach those um, intakes of minerals. And, like, for example, another example of uh, something that is uh, the difference between a minimum, bare minimal requirement and an optimal intake would be uh, chromium. So... Um, the RDA for chromium is estimated to be around like 33 micrograms a day. Uh, but the, the, the World Health Organization and different countries like US, uh, 33 micrograms would be, you know, the bare essential or like the adequate intake for chromium. Uh, for chromium, chromium being uh, something that regulates uh, blood sugar and helps with insulin, insulin production. Uh, the problem is that uh, the absorption of chromium from diet is only like 1 to 3%. So it's very low, you absorb very little chromium from diet. And um, in order for you to reach that, you know, 33 uh, microgram intake, you would actually need to be consuming quite more chromium, so to say, like, you know, 100 or 100 micrograms or even more than that uh, to reach that uh, adequate intake. And uh, if you're not getting enough chromium, then, you you know, you may suffer, let's say, high blood sugar or, or something like that. And the... Uh, therapeutic uh, treatment options of treating like insulin resistance and diabetes for chromium is like around 200 to even like 1000 micrograms a day so uh, yeah you know uh, healthy people don't seem to benefit from supplementing chromium because their blood sugar management is already working fine but if you are, are you know hyperglycemic you have high blood sugar and you're insulin resistant then it's harder for you to reach that uh let's say, optimal blood sugar uh, st status if you are chromium deficient. Uh, so that's why, yeah, like, yeah, what we would think that the dietary optimal daily intake for chromium would be like 100 to 200 micrograms a day. Mm, especially, like, because most people have, like, some uh, blood sugar issue. And to... <laughs> give us a like insight as well about some of the foods that can reach that you know top chromium foods uh, we talk about in the book are mussels which are quite uh, high three ounces you get uh, 120 micrograms oysters three ounces 52 micrograms lobster three ounces 229 micrograms uh, shrimp three ounces 24 micrograms uh, broccoli one cup 22 micrograms oats half a cup 10 micrograms. So chromium is um, quite uh, hard to find in most foods. Like you get it primarily from like the seafood, uh, mussels, oysters, lobsters, uh, shrimp and things, uh, but also from like some um, vegetables, um, even like um, buckwheat and barley, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, this is uh, just a illustration of, um, of the uh, food content of the book. Uh, food, the the, the book also has like these all graphs, not graphs, like uh, tables for like all the top foods uh, of, a, of a particular uh, mineral, like uh, all the top 40 or 50 uh, foods of, a, of like magnesium, calcium or phosphorus, for example.
And yeah, this is the end of my short presentation. Uh, just to give like an insight into what the role of mineral disease in the human body and what you can do to at least like pay more attention to those things a little bit. Uh, it was definitely like a very fun topic to write about. Like I definitely learned a lot and uh, kind of broadened my knowledge about these things. But yeah, in total, it's gonna be quite uh, quite a good read, I believe, <laughs> if I do say so myself. But yeah, let's switch over to the Q and A then. No, it's not my birthday. Like it was actually the stream was from like old, uh, I don't know, some old setting on YouTube. Like I don't, maybe there was some YouTube update or something. My birthday is in September. Yeah, <laughs> so that was like from that old old time. This is just a mineral fix uh, uh, stream. Yeah, let's do uh, a Q and A now then. A little bit. Uh, maybe we need to eat wild plant which are more rich in minerals, but I'm confused with the carnivore community who said that plants are toxic. Uh, well, uh, I, do, I do think, well, like with the wild plants is that they have definitely more of these uh, phytonutrients, like uh, wild nettle or something is uh, definitely more, let's say, harder to digest than iceberg lettuce. <laughs> like iceberg lettuce is the, uh, is the, like the domesticated cat, whereas the wild nettle is like a, like a lynx or uh, like a leopard or something that is more, let's say, dangerous. <laughs> uh, but it also has like a higher therapeutic value. Like there's more, probably more nutrients. Like uh, nettle is, I believe, uh, high in potassium and and uh, it, like the folklore says that it helps with the uh, kidney function and uh, that sort of thing. So they, yeah, the wild plants are higher in nutrients, but they also like are higher in phytonutrients and they may be harder to digest. So in, in, in general, like um, I don't think that eating like a wild plant diet full of only wild plants is going to be you know good for you 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 can implement them into your diet but it, it should be in like a almost like a microdosing way that you do it in a therapeutic way in order to get some of those uh, phytonutrients phytonutrients and uh, things uh, but it's probably not going to be good for you to have it as a staple of your diet that you eat all the time uh, are they toxic um, well yeah like the some of the plants do have like a higher, let's say, not, not toxicity, like it's not going to kill you or something, uh, but it may just cause like some GI distress or uh, something. Uh, should you avoid plants because of that? I don't really think so, because uh, you do get, just because, like, just because uh, let's say, these uh, plants have like, let's say, less, uh, let's say, less bioavailable nutrients than some of the meats, it doesn't mean that you can't, you, it doesn't mean that you can't get any of the nutrients from there. You, you get plenty of like magnesium from like, uh, uh, you know, uh, pumpkin seeds or uh, almonds and uh, and spinach and those things. You get you do get uh, nutrients from plants, and uh, ideally, I do believe that it's a, you know the omnivore diet is still uh, the optimal diet. And there are some uh, nutrients that you don't get from um, uh, like uh, animal foods. Like boron is one of the best examples of that. Like boron is uh, primarily found in uh, plants and vegetation. Like it's the uh, part of the like the cell wall of the plant, and uh, yeah. Boron is uh, you know, good for the bones and uh, inflammation levels. So yeah, that's an example of uh, something that you may want to... And uh, like bicarbonate as well, like uh, James uh, talked a lot about it, that in order to buffer the CDD you get from uh, animal foods, you need some bicarbonate and uh, you know you get you can get bicarbonate from um, mineral waters, but like most people aren't drinking any mineral waters. So yeah. 
to do how do you manage light during biphasic sleep should you wear blue light blocking glasses before your 90 minutes sleep midday uh, well if you're sleeping in the afternoon or like if you're taking a nap uh, then you don't really need to block out the blue light um, in my opinion because uh, it's already daytime and your melatonin production is naturally lower than it is at nighttime so it doesn't really matter and uh, would it help you to fall asleep if you did block out the blue light maybe because like just being in darkness just being away from the light or like preventing the light from hitting your eyes itself uh, it's going to promote melatonin production because melatonin starts to be produced if you're in darkness and you're not getting the blue light uh, so uh, it would make you like sleepy and drowsy but i wouldn't think it's necessary to do that you would only want to use the blue light uh, in the evening or the blue light blocking glasses in the evening and uh, during daytime you could just take a nap What's your opinion on wheatgrass? It has an enormous amount of nutrients, at least on paper. Uh, well, yeah, like wheatgrass can be... have some nutrients, um, but like, again, like it's... it shouldn't be um, maybe like a staple of a diet, like these kind of super... all, all those superfoods, they're not something that you may want to be eating all the time. Like liver, even liver is an, is an example of that. Uh, eating liver every day or like eating, I don't know, five ounces of liver every day is probably not a good idea and can lead to like copper overload and uh, out balance off balance um, the copper with iron so yeah like you know too much of a good thing is still bad <laughs> even if it's like liver or something and uh, yeah generally any kind of superfood uh, should be like taken in a, like a I don't know like a microdose, microdose may manner. It depends on how often you consume it as well. Like if you if you eat like wheatgrass every day, then take like a lot smaller dose. If you eat it only like every other day, then you can take a larger dose. So it depends a lot on uh, your schedule. Um, yeah, it goes with the notion that plants should be treated as medicine. Seem, have you heard of the PKD diet? Uh, not sure is the is it the paleo ketogenic diet from the Hungary clinic or something? If yes, then I have a little bit. So it's a very strict uh, therapeutic ketogenic diet, basically that kind of keeps it virtually zero carb or very close to it, and uh, high fat, very high fat, and even restricts protein. Uh, so yeah. I'm not sure, like, I, I do believe that it can be useful for some situations, maybe like epilepsy or just uh, treating the symptoms of diabetes really rapidly, but to do, like, average people need to do it, uh, I don't know, <laughs> not really. You, you, you don't need to, you know, you can already achieve uh, mo most results by even just uh, eliminating processed carbs and uh, seed oils. You can see, like, a great improvement in your health already from that. And, uh, like, yeah, if one good rule of thumb is like if it if it ain't broken then don't try to fix it <laughs> so if your diet is working then there's no need to change it but if it does if you do uh, have like some issues then uh, try to figure out what are the problems and uh, yeah then change something any good digestive enzymes you can recommend uh, well uh, the main ones I'm using is MSzymes by Bioptimizers I think they're the best one basically so um, the mass are, I think they have like all the three 
or even more of the of the enzymes like uh, protease, lipase, and amylase. But they also have like a gluten guardian, which is an enzyme for gluten. So if you do eat like bread or something and you get some nasty side effects from that, then you can maybe use the gluten guardian to protect against that. But I personally don't really get any uh, any any symptoms from gluten. Like I, I can eat all the gluten in the world <laughs> and uh, not not experience any uh, negative side effects, fortunately. Um. Are soy products problematic? And if yes, does it help to ferment them? Well, soy products can be, for some people, uh, like they can promote estrogen and uh, act like as xenoestrogen. Uh, but it probably doesn't happen to all people, so it uh, depends on uh, how you react. Uh, does the fermenting uh, help to lower that? I believe so, because uh, like natto is a fermented soy kind of dish and it's uh it's uh pretty nutritious it's one of the high is i think it is the, the highest uh, source of vitamin k2 in the world <laughs> and uh yeah it's uh, even higher than uh like egg yolks or uh, liver in vitamin k2 so yeah the ferment ferming fermenting definitely does uh let's say makes all the different kinds of foods easier to digest in my opinion whether that's uh, animal food or um, even plant food. Don't you eat any sweets at all? And do you eat low carb? <laughs> well, uh, I'm not like low carb all the time. I do, you know, cyclically. Like on some days I'll eat low carb and some other days I eat high carb. Uh, do I eat sweets? Um, well, maybe like a few times a year or something. <laughs> uh, maybe it's like if it's like birthday or Christmas. But uh, yeah, I don't really have them in my house, if that makes sense. Uh, if I do eat carbs, then I'll, I, my kind of go-to carb source on some days would be like potatoes, because the potatoes are pretty good in like uh, potassium, uh, pretty high in potassium actually, and uh, they also taste pretty good, and uh, they also have like a resistant starch, so, which is uh, good for the gut. Um, do you get into, do you get into minerals from food versus supplements and maybe certain minerals are better supplemented than from food? Uh, you get uh, minerals yeah, from both food and supplements as well as uh, mineral waters. Um, it is better to get them from uh, like foods because uh, they're like more bioavailable and you get them also in the kind of right uh, dose uh, because uh, like too much of those minerals can also be definitely harmful like uh, too much calcium from supplements especially has been shown to like um, promote like atherosclerosis and calcification which is definitely another good thing and but it doesn't apply to uh, calcium from food so if you're getting your calcium from food then it uh, doesn't seem to cause that and uh, yeah that is why you like before supplementing you may just want to let's say consult with your like physician or something uh, depends on what kind of a supplement you're taking as well like um, the main ones you may be want to cautious be cautious of are like uh, calcium iron, uh, even zinc, and uh, yeah, maybe maybe copper as well. Those are the supplements you, that you I wouldn't recommend taking, or uh, with the exception of zinc, like a zinc supplement. If you have like the flu or the um, the cold, can be good for uh, reducing the symptoms of the cold and uh, speeding up the recovery. 
but for like iron or calcium no real reason to be taking that as a supplement i think you, you should get them from a food but for, for the mineral waters the mineral waters are pretty interesting like you get uh, the absorption of these minerals uh, from mineral waters is like uh, 40 30 or 40 percent better than um, than food and if you uh, drink the mineral mineral water with the food you actually absorb the minerals from the food as well better <laughs> so it's a double double, double whammy uh, that uh, yeah the mineral waters are pretty uh, one of the best ones i think uh, if you want to let's say get the best the bioavailable form of those uh, of those minerals which mineral supplements do you take uh, well, I do take uh, magnesium basically every day, so I think that is something uh, that most people can benefit from. And it's just even even if I'm even if I am getting uh, sufficient amounts of magnesium from my food, and I'm not deficient in any way, then um, just taking that magnesium like in the evening is a good way to like relax and uh, maybe fall asleep. So yeah, it's almost like a just a yeah just a quality of life supplement as well. <laughs> What about sparkling water? Uh, well, yeah, like most mineral waters are sparkling as well. So the sparkling or the carbonation uh, doesn't change the bioavailability of those uh, minerals, I believe. The um, You do get like a little bit of CO2 from the uh, the carbonation, uh, but it doesn't affect the mineral minerals, I think. So a daily zinc supplement is bad. Uh, no, no, no. Like uh, with the zinc... Uh, too much zinc can like uh, lower copper and inhibit the copper absorption. Uh, but if you're like like if you're deficient in zinc or if you're like uh, burning through zinc a lot, then uh, you may need to take a zinc supplement. And even if you're like during the cold season or something, you may also need to take some zinc to bolster your immune system or to fight the cold. And then. Um, yeah, the amount it depends on the amount. Like most zinc supplements, are um, it depends on the amount. Like uh, anywhere, anywhere up to like one hundred micrograms or milligrams, one hundred milligrams a day can be okay. Uh, but if you do it, uh, you know, over the prolonged periods of weeks or months, then that can be something bad. Mm. Optimally, I would say the. The, the recommendation in the book was that the optimal daily intake of zinc would be like 20 to 40 milligrams a day. Because, um, because uh, like you uh, lose zinc from even like vegetarian diets or vegan diets uh, tend to reduce zinc, zinc absorption because of uh, the uh, phytates and like the phytonutrients. As well as like all these malabsorption conditions like leaky gut or uh, celiac disease and uh, those things. Which form of magnesium is best to supplement with? Uh, well, uh, I'm using the magnesium breakthrough, which has like seven different types of uh, magnesiums. Uh, and uh, like there are different forms of magnesium that are good for different things. One of the better ones uh, would be like magnesium glycinate, uh, threonate, I believe, and uh, yeah. Those are, those are, I think, I think like three on eight would be the most bioavailable, which uh, I've seen to be. And the glycinate would be, uh, also you get the glycine, which is uh, good for like relaxation and sleep. That is, glycinate would be some something people take in the evening for sleep. 
changing topic slightly, what do you think about the supplement HMB? Well, HMB, uh, there was like a lot of hype about HMB a few years back, that it's very like effective in like uh, muscle, muscle performance and muscle building, uh, but it doesn't really be better than like actual protein or essential amino acids. So if you're getting enough of uh, like protein and amino acids from your diet, then it doesn't appear to be like any like superior. It does help maybe to break uh, reduce uh, muscle catabolism, but it depends on when you're taking it as well. So if you're taking it after you've eaten something, then you don't really wouldn't see like an effect because you're getting all the muscle protective effects from the food already. Whereas if you may take it while fasting, then it may help to like reduce muscle catabolism a little bit. Uh, have I taken it? Yes, I have. Would I take it? I would take it only like if I were to like work out in a, like a fast state. But then again, like I, I wouldn't like place all my hopes and dreams on on HMB. Like the essential amino acids would be probably better. Like if you were to take like the not the BCAs but the EAAs, essential amino acids. Those would be like more effective, I think. Uh, do any minerals contribute towards circadian rhythms? Uh, well, you know, in these one of the slides I showed the neurotransmitters. So you need like magnesium, calcium, zinc, iron, and uh, copper for um, for the neurotransmitters. So um, you know, the uh, melatonin production is a part of the uh, circadian rhythm. So that is something connected to that. So yeah, and they would affect pretty much. Um, the circadian rhythm, uh, circadian uh, kind of clock system as well. Mm. I think your country is the only in Europe which is bringing extra selenium in soil. <laughs> Not sure, I haven't uh, checked on that, but maybe. <laughs> which mineral lessens effect of diabetes? Well, the main one, uh, main ones would be like chromium, uh, chromium and the magnesium, because they directly help with like insulin production and insulin like effects. So, magnesium is uh, basically potentiates the effects of insulin, uh, while chromium enhances it. So, in the presence of uh, chromium, the you need basically less insulin to do the job. If that makes sense. And if you're not getting chromium, then uh, you 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 will see like a higher blood sugar for longer because there's less insulin or the effects of the insulin are uh, smaller. So those are the two main ones I think for the um, blood sugar regulation. But there's also others like like uh, potassium is is for that, and uh, even even like copper does it. You know all all those a lot of these different minerals do it to a certain extent. What would be the most viable source of molybdenum on a low-carb diet? Uh, yeah, the I think liver is probably the best ones. You do get molybdenum from um, uh, liver, as well as I uh, probably mussels and all the seafood as well a little bit. Do you think supplementing minerals like magnesium should be slips split during the day? Uh, that would be better, yeah. Like uh, you don't want to have like these big spikes in your, uh, like, say, in intake of minerals because uh, 
because if you do get like a large dose then your body's gonna start to like excrete it uh, as well as reduce the absorption of it so it depends on the situation and yeah like uh, would be better to kind of spread it out a little bit uh, for magnesium like maybe twice a day would be good enough like I, I don't think that you need to do it like every hour or something that you take that you take 20 milligrams an hour or something but yeah I, I do I take it like twice a day I take one in the evening or like half half a dose in the evening and a half dose maybe in the afternoon or morning part yeah well I'll stop wrapping it up so it was a good live stream I hope you enjoyed it and uh, yeah the uh, book itself is available on uh, Amazon so yeah check it out doesn't even fit the screen <laughs> move back a little bit yeah so the cover image is really cool and yeah it's a pretty damn awesome book well yeah all right we're gonna actually have more more of these live streams in the coming weeks with other people uh yeah so yeah, stay tuned for that so yeah m make sure you hit hit the notification bell if you want to tune in on the actual live stream and uh, ask the question but yeah on that i'll uh, see you around